0: Stana Talk Radio
1: Stana Talk Radio is a volunteer-only, non-profit blog talk radio show that is not endorsed by Stana Kaddick. Stana Kaddick is not responsible for any of the content or comments made by anyone on the following show. Stana Talk Radio will not be selling or requesting anything in the name of Stana Kaddick. This show is a unique opportunity for everyone who supports her to get together on a regular basis to try to catch each other up on everything Stana. Our hope is that this show will be an additional fun place for everyone to participate and enhance our continued support of this amazingly talented woman. Well, hello, and welcome back to Stana Talk Radio. Tonight is September 6, 2016, and this is Cheryl in Kansas. AKA the
2: sunflower state. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love sunflowers. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody. This is Mia in Oregon. Hi guys. This is Elena sh- in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, what what
1: is your state flower, Mia? In Oregon.
2: State flower is um I think it's like the Oregon grape or something. I'm pretty sure oh, okay. it's Oregon grape.
3: Okay. What's yours? Uh, okay, the maybe.
2: rose is the
3: rose is the New York state flower. Oh, oh really? Wow. I didn't know that. Yes, <laughs> I always I know that basically because in the beginning of fifth grade we always do um, New York state geography and like things like mm-hmm. that, you know. So that's like something that I actually didn't learn until I started teaching. So I was like, <laughs> oh. Yeah,
4: well, but it so. is the rose. Mhm. And we also
3: it's have uh, Stephanie
4: trivia.
1: from Los Angeles standing by in the wings. So hello, Stephanie. Hello. 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 Everybody doing good tonight? Uh, Yeah. I know about – okay. Well, great, great, great. Well, let's get to it so um, we can start talking about this book. Let's do the latest
0: Straight from the STR newsroom, here's your latest news updates.
2: Oh, yeah, and if – maybe there are new listeners. If you don't know what we're talking about um, in terms of talking about books – here on Stana Dog Radio um, Tonight is um, We're having another STR book club where we talk about A um, chosen Book and so we will Be discussing the girl on the train um, Here in a bit but first Well like the little announcement said First I'm going to talk about Stana News so Yay, Yay. Okay. Yay. So let's Welcome. see First of all so I just have these Important dates down in date order so um coming up on september 17th uh, sister cities will premiere on um, the lifetime network and um so we are going to we're planning a viewing party um, at 8 7 central here in the states so um, join us in our viewing party and we'll be We'll be tweeting live. Um Cheryl always does a really great job with that. And of course we can't <laughs> wait to see um Stana in Sister Cities. And um actually you want the play, Do we play that? this
1: promo real quick? You want we play this promo? Oh yeah, All let's let's listen to the promo. So those in the blog talk blog talk network who just listen in who don't aren't on Twitter, um, here it is. Oh so,
0: I was thinking, July. This July? This is what will happen. On a Friday afternoon, you'll call your sisters. Hi, I'm Carolina. I found Mom in the bathtub. Um, she's dead. I've been Carolina like three years, two and a half. She looks good. How long does our mother have to stay in the tub? I have to have a medical examiner take a look at the crime scene.
5: Crime scene?
2: I don't think this is Mom's handwriting.
5: What happened to
0: Mom, Austin? I need to know. We all need to know. I was a dancer, for Christ's
2: sake. Dancers dance. Our mother planned this
0: wonderful
4: sisterly reunion for her death.
2: Why did not she tell any of us?
4: nuts. Should I worry that I'm going to be nuts, too. You could have done something about it, and you did nothing.
0: <clears throat>
3: i match! matched! so I, I matched! I've always matched! I'm the perfect mother-pleaser! I've always matched her bra and underbear!
4: I came home, and I took care of our mother! I'm sorry that's not enough for you!
0: Do you believe in God? No. Then Mary picked the right person. I've always dreamed of retiring to
4: Palm Springs as a burlesque dancer.
5: <laughs> what? You think I can't do it? With these games? I'm a shoe in You'd be a showstopper.
1: And that's uh, courtesy of Cannonball Productions. So I meant to mention that.
2: Thanks. I can't Can't wait till the 17th. I want to watch it.
1: I know. I want to watch it too. Jealous of you, um, Stephanie.
4: (laughs) I know. I consider myself very lucky to have seen it on the big screen. Twice, actually.
2: So, so tell us about the experience and what it was like to see um, to to see this movie in theaters. Well, you know, it, it just always makes it larger than life when you get
4: to see it on the big screen. So I really wish other people, you know, across the country and not just New York and L. A. could have enjoyed it. But it was it was a really powerful piece of work, um, and it, it dealt with tough themes, but there was some humor and you know a, a lot of emotions from the four sisters for sure and and certainly an excellent performance from Sana it was just it was fantastic so i was really happy to to be able to see it and tell everybody to watch it on lifetime now because um it's a really it's a really poignant story uh, it deals with suicide in the face of a, a terminal illness um mm-hmm. which um uh, is it causes a lot of, of friction amongst the sisters as you would imagine. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it goes throughout one day of their lives as they are coming to terms with this and, um, you know, working it out amongst themselves. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a really good, excellent film. Uh, Stana, I think has the most, um, the most range in the movie. Um, there are, you know, parts where she's breaking down and then, Parts where they're having a good laugh, and at one point there's some crazy dancing going on. So even in the midst of the grief, (laughs) Uh there's some crazy dancing. You'll you'll see.
0: Yay!
4: So it's it's she she really gets to show a great range in this movie, and and that I was really happy to see.
2: I think it was that
4: makes me even more excited to see it. (laughs) Yeah. On the 17th, we all need to be gathered around our Lifetime channel. Yeah.
1: Or, or online. You know, Lifetime has a movie online app as well. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, they feature their movie um, movies. So right now I think they're featuring um, – no, I don't know. I don't have it pulled up. Sorry. Anyway, but if you have LMN, Lifetime Movie Network, you should see it pop up there soon, too. So, Cool. And you can just do a trial, do a trial over the time that it's on the air. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Mm. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Thanks for the tip, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> There's like
2: 40,000 trial memberships. Well, um, yeah. thanks, Stephanie, for for filling us in on the um, on the movie and making us all a little uh, that much more excited to see it. Yes, yes yeah
4: hmm you, you will not be disappointed I, promise ah. you, as, I would have liked the movie anyway, even if it didn't have sauna in it because the story is so compelling, mm-hmm. but yeah, Sana fans will not be disappointed. I have seen
1: so many wonderful comments of those who have attended, and I really appreciate all of them not spoiling the whole movie to everybody, so thank you to all the sauna fans who and Froian fans and you know all the other. Um, actors in this film so
2: mm-hmm.
4: yeah there's definitely a, a twist at the end that you don't expect so that's mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you have spoiled that
2: good good cool very cool so yeah uh, viewing party 8-7 central on September 17th and, and our hashtag um,
5: our hashtag
1: is going to be Stana in sister cities in addition oh, to cool. the
2: so, okay, yeah, I have not written that down So, oops, so now I just I wrote it incorrectly
1: <laughs> yeah, And we'll try have a really again. cool graphic There's going to be lots of other um, viewing parties People have already announced all theirs But, you know, we hadn't, but we are So, you oh, you know, right join now. fun, yeah. you know It'll be great to see all kinds of stuff on our timeline
2: so. Yeah Ah, cool Okay, so hashtag Stana in Sister City All right and then uh, a couple weeks later, towards the end of this month, September 26th, of course, that's um, Stana's um, her appearance in White Rabbit, Red Rabbit, which gets increasingly more difficult to say for some reason. woo
1: <laughs> Woo!
2: Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait.
1: I know. I couldn't say it before the
2: show. I was saying. I know. It and turns it the- into White Rabbit. <laughs> <Web-a-la. Wed-wabbit. laughs> White Rabbit Wed Wabbit um, yeah. And of course that's taking place at the West Side Theater in New York City On September 26th And
0: um,
2: yeah. yeah, starring yeah. Stana That night and, um, and we have some Some info to Let everyone know about um, About earlier that day If you're going to be in the area and you're going to go see Stana Or if you're just In um, the New York City area, and you want to stop by? Do you want to tell everyone about that, Cheryl?
1: Yes, I do. Um, first off, uh, congratulations again to Andrea for winning the two tickets to White Rabbit, Red Rabbit. I can't say it very <laughs> nice well. They really can.
2: And yeah, go, Andrea. <laughs> that was so awesome. Yeah. I mean, there was like
1: six, if you go look at the views on it, I think it was like 6,000 views. on the internet. So even oh, people what? that
2: didn't. Oh, I had no idea. I was like, <laughs> no, <I was> like, <laughs>
1: I unpinned it, and then I looked at it the other day. I was like, what happened? It's like, wow. That's funny. Um, anyway, okay, drum roll virtually. Um, one of the key things we did want to do while we were all in New York City, in addition to obviously going and supporting Stana in this uh, one night, one opening night, one closing night play, uh, <laughs> White, Red Rabbit, uh, was to meet up. You know, this is not the formal Thana Fan Fest like we've done twice in L.A., one in 2014 and one in 2016 earlier this year. But it's, you know, this is a big city, New York City, and, you know, I, I tallied up how many people, and it is a huge amount of people said both on Twitter and other social media that we have. So we have entirely too many people to sit in a location that's indoors. So we've decided that our meetup will take place at the big park called Bryant Park in New York City. And it's at what's it's on the corner of Fifth well, Avenue. Bryant Park
3: and, yeah, it's on forty second street between fifth and sixth. So can't miss yeah. it. cool.
1: It's this big park.
3: <laughs> and we're gonna meet can't at the
1: yes, yeah, between one and three o'clock PM Eastern time. So if you're in the area, or this is way earlier in the day, and it doesn't conflict with uh, a meetup I understand is going to be happening earlier in the day, but between 1 and 3 p.m., if you're in the New York City area, if you could come to Bryant Park and go to the Big Fountain, um, and that's you, will, you won't miss us. <laughs> we will be there hanging out for about two hours. We've got a little something to give everybody. Um, and in addition to that... <laughs> And don't worry, you'll get one, me We'll make sure you get one. Um, <laughs> we do have an alternate plan in case it does rain. You know, we never know what's going to happen into the future. But um, we're really excited to meet those people who are, A, going to the play with us, but those who can't go, we still want to see you and meet you and give you something, too, as Donna fans. So uh, we just love that all of the community of STR Constantly promotes and supports Donna, and, and you guys are just fantastic. So we want to give you a little something. Anyway, so there's the announcement for the meetup. Um, afterwards, we would go. We can either go in groups or whatever. The places that we've gone to for you know large uh, places to eat, you know, it, it you have to have commitments and like that. So we'll talk at the park. And those of you who uh, want to go to dinner with us, come ahead. So okay.
2: Yeah. And Elena's let us know that there's lots a lot of um, restaurants mm-hmm. and eateries close by. Yeah, so people have options and and different price ranges. I'm assuming, and um, it's and it's early the- enough that everyone will have yeah. enough time to to go kind of do their own thing and then and mm-hmm. then make their way over to the theater a little yeah, later. plenty of time.
1: Plenty of time. And plus, we'll meet. Th- it'll be on a Monday, so we'll hopefully we'll miss the dinner rush. You know, we'll be before it. So. Wherever groups of people choose. Some people who live in the area already know where they want to go eat, so um, we don't want to squelch any of that, but we do want to meet up with everybody and say hello. So hope to see you there if you're in the New York area.
2: Yeah, it's on a FanFest East Coast. That's so cool.
1: (laughs) New York City.
2: So cool. So... um, Okay, so that's September 26th, and then... Not too long after that, um, October 8th is going to be the world premiere of The Rendezvous, which um, will be premiering at the Mill Valley Film Fest in um, San Rafael, California. So um, we're definitely looking forward to that premiere. Love that. Yeah. I love and, that, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I saw that. I saw that Amin. Matalka, the director, is kind of taking a break from social media to focus on some writing, but he said he'd be back in October. So I assume he'll be back um in time for the premiere of his big film, so <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah. I mean
1: we, we may want to have a little chat with that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah, wouldn't that be, be cool? cool? Yes, it would.
3: Hey, do you want me to play that yeah. trailer
1: or we heard it we've heard it twice before. Do we want to play it again? we already have time. Why not? here's the ro- rendezvous trailer.: Maybe. Oh. Dr. Rosman.: Here we go. It's about your
0: brother David.: I'm sorry, Dr. Rosman. He passed away.: I haven't seen him in three years. Where is he? come on, Jordan.: David found the scroll. Several religious groups are interested in this manuscript.
2: Our job is to get the scroll.
0: Keep it out of crazy's hands.
2: I can't leave until I find out what happened to David.
0: She doesn't know anything. There's a particular fanatical sect calling themselves the Armageddonites. They think the scroll will hasten their desired goal. The end of the days.
2: Do you feel like breaking the rules for once?
0: Let me try me. You wanted to know about
2: David Rosen? Yes, he's my brother.
0: People were after him. Are those guys following us? In Jordan, you were shown the symbol carved into his arm? Yes. What does it mean? Your brother was my friend. You put a hand in danger. Anything can be a weapon for the right kind of imagination. What's going on? I work for the government. And we work for higher power. Yeah. Where'd your brother hide the school. I don't know. Oh. Oh. No! She doesn't know where the scroll is. <gasps> the you don't know that. And frankly, Jake, neither do you. Hang on! Woo hoo! It always ends in a massacre. If it wasn't for me, you'd still be tied up. Of- Getting punched by some guy trying to protect you. Get the gun. Jake, I don't do guns, okay? Really? Have you ever heard the joke about the beautiful Jewish woman and the Muslim man who went out into the desert? Bedwin, I can get us out. It's my blood.
4: Dick, you were raised in Ohio.
5: What are you doing?
0: Channeling my inner Bedouin. My grandfather was the camel whisperer.
5: Oh. I don't need you.
0: You're off the case. She's my responsibility. Not anymore. God is coming for you, even. Keep your head down. You think? You don't know what you've done. Oh. I spy with my little eye something beginning with S.
1: Sand. Of course, we all go, Stana. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I can't wait to see that movie.
2: <laughs> I know, and I love when she says she doesn't do guns, <laughs> and I just keep thinking Beckett, and I'm like, Beckett. differ. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna be great. hmm.
0: It's gonna
2: be great, great, great. Oh, can't wait So October 8th is the big release date for that Or the big, you know, premiere date And, um, you know, that's all I had written for the news I don't know um, I don't know, those are some pretty big items, I think Most of them are <laughs> yeah. kind of reminders But, of course, the meetup info is new So yeah, So much happening here in the next few weeks Yeah Yeah so
1: cool! Yeah, it's a great chance to get together, and that's fun. That's the fun of being a fan, you know. You yeah. have like, like feelings and thoughts, and you, know, you you can you already know it, and somebody else is going to say it before they say it, it's or tweet it or Facebook it or whatever. It's hilarious.
2: I know, and <laughs> and for so many of us, it's like we don't even need to have anything else in common. We already know that we're we're able to be friends. <laughs> 'Cause we're sauna yes. fans. It's like, well, you we know, you must have good taste then, so <laughs> So exactly. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Okay. And I well, uh, I can't wait to hear about uh all the all of the excitement in New York. That's gonna be so cool.
1: We'll take so. lots of pictures. I've already been asked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah pictures and <laughs> i i need to figure out uh periscope did that work well for you maybe i'll do a few periscopes while i'm there i guess I yeah know.
2: please do um it was really easy and okay. um well. yeah it was it was super easy it was kind of like oh this is just we're just live right now i didn't even have to do anything to hit one okay. button so yeah okay well i'll have to give it a whirl We'll
5: we'll awesome. give it
2: a shot
1: so everybody can see what's going on all right all right, so let's... Uh, book club. Book club time. Let's see. Let me find the roundtable. Here we go.
0: Join us in the STR roundtable discussion. Call us at 347-857-4368. That's 347 347- eight five seven four three six eight and press the one key to enter the queue to join us live on the air or log into Skype on your PC and click on the Skype icon from the show page at blogtalkradio.com dot com slash stana talk radio
3: okay, so um towards the beginning of this summer, we had announced that. Our book club selection uh, would be The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins, which is a New Mm -hmm. York Times uh, bestseller. And um, so hopefully a lot of people got a chance to read it. There is a movie actually coming out uh, pretty soon with Emily Blunt, I know, um, and I've started to see the trailers for that. So hopefully uh, you get to read the book if you haven't. Um, and if you haven't read it, you probably should not listen to the rest of the discussion because, we, you know, it might be spoiled for you a bit. But um, just in case, you, um, we can kind of, I want to read the inside of the book jacket to just remind us all the premise of oh, it. Yeah. Okay. okay. There she sits, the girl on the train. What she sees gazing out the window will change everything. Every day the same. Rachel takes the same commuter train every morning and night. Every day she rattles down the track, flashes past the stretch of cozy suburban homes, and stops at the signal that allows her to daily watch the same couple breakfasting on their deck. She looks forward to it. She's even started to feel like she knows them. Jess and Jason, she calls them. Their life, as she sees it, is perfect, not unlike the life she recently lost. And then she sees something shocking. It's only a minute until the train moves on, but it's enough. Now everything's changed. Unable to keep it to herself, Rachel goes to the police. But is she really as unreliable as they say? Soon she is deeply entangled, not only in the investigation, but in the lives of everyone involved. Has she done more harm than good? So um, one of the things that makes this book, uh, I guess, um, fairly, I don't want to say unique, but different than your typical just narrative is the style of the book goes – uh, it switches your perspectives, your points of view from different characters. Rachel is the main character, but you also get to hear from other characters that are involved in the story. Uh, the can, other two. Can I mention main, one thing
1: you, real quick? Of course. About that, uh, adding to what you just said, I w- highly recommend the audio book for that very factor because as they switch for each chapter or each. Person, you get a different voice, and it's very cool. I would just will say that. So I didn't want to throw that out there. So if you have um, audio, audible, uh, audible, go get the girl on the train. It's really cool to listen to. So sorry to interrupt, Elena. Go ahead.
3: No, that would be. Um, I um, I think that would be really cool actually to hear the three voices of Rachel, Megan, and Anna, the three main uh, women yep. involved in this story, mm-hmm. in this in this case. And so um, you know most. Most uh, books, they, they really stick to telling it from one character's, uh, either from one character's perspective or kind of like a narrative that's removed from it and telling it kind of like above the action. But you don't really get too many books that switch on and off from so many different perspectives. Um, and so I guess what I just wanted to get from you guys is, um, so how did you feel about reading the book in different points of view? Um, you know, Did it add to the story to you? Did you feel like it was difficult or confusing? What was your take on the different points of view?
2: So, um, yeah, so Mia, what did you think about that? Um, well, this is a good question to start off with. I At first I found it to be a little bit confusing because I kept trying to um, – I I kept getting thrown off a bit by the dates, which is how, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. each of the each of the sections begins with the um with the day, the date and the time of day, right? And so I found myself wanting to put things in chronological order or in some type of linear um order. Mm-hmm. And um but then once I got the hang of it and I got used to how it was Design. I just I just learned to kind of <laughs> go with the flow and and <laughs> see what was gonna happen and see how mm-hmm. it was gonna unfold. So so um, yeah, that was my experience.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I also at first I like you know I had to keep reminding myself to look at the date and the time to like kind of again because like you're so uh, we're so just kind of trained to think in a very linear way that it's very hard I think for us for sure. like just the way our brains are to to jump back and forth. So that's a it's definitely a bit of a challenge, but even the more I thought about it, I thought I kinda thought that I wondered if the author did that almost on purpose because it does make you feel disoriented, and the style of the story, especially from Rachel's point of view, is is so disoriented, of not really knowing what happened and when. So I was kind of thinking later on after I had read it about, you know, the, the choice of the style of the book and thinking, well, maybe that was part of almost like a, like a, a trick that the author, the Paula Hawkins had used to really add to the, the feeling of, just not really knowing which end is up because that is a lot of the story, not having a clear view of what happened when and did this happen, and where was this and what day was this so um mm-hmm. I kind of though it was a challenge i in the end i i kind of, i think i I appreciated that kind of confusion which. Added to the story for me a little bit, but that's a really that's a valid point about it. Yeah, it's a really you have to keep tabs on it, or else you could easily get lost. And like, wait, <laughs> what, when did this
2: happen, and who is talking right now? So yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, thanks, Yeah, the who is talking right now kind of got me too because it it was like wait, like at one, I think at two different. I I had to flip back a couple of sections to make sure I was reading it correctly, right' um, cause I got a little bit, a little bit confused about some of the details and mm-hmm. then I realized they were like super vital <laughs> details to have right so <coughs> yeah to have down clearly so yeah, but anyways, it definitely, yeah it it's a it's a it's a it's a good read um And
3: I wouldn't say it's, like, one of those, like, easy reads that you just flip through, like, oh, uh," you really have to pay attention because you could very easily get confused if you're not picking up on those details. And I definitely had to a few times remind myself, wait, who's talking in this chapter, and uh, and then go back and double check on things like that. So, uh, yeah, so definitely. What about you, Cheryl?
1: Well, I, I I have to say that my confusion was not so much that what you guys described reading the book. I was listening to the audio, so I had different voices, so it was easier to chronologically mm-hmm. jump back and forth in time because you're exactly correct. Sometimes they went back in time to yeah. the day before or whatever, or, you know. At a different times of the day, you know, and you're reliving the same scene only from the other woman's perspective, which I thought was so incredibly unique. What I found confusing was at the beginning, you know, she had um, imagined these people's names, just like you said in the foreword, was Jesson I can't think of his name, James. Jess She had. Justin she had Jason.
2: fake.
1: Yeah, yeah. She had fake names for them, and then when their real names came up,
2: I yeah, was that stories. too. For sure. I mm-hmm. just there, I will say
1: that's where I was like, and I funny part was, you know, of course I did have a um, sad situation in my personal family, so I was taking the train mm-hmm. back and forth to St. Louis, re- listening to the girl on the train while on the train, which you know was a conversation, you know, situation in of itself. So I kept getting interrupted, but. Once I got into it and the flow of it, I didn't want to stop. I don't know if when you guys were reading it, it was a page turner to you. But listening to it, um, I love the influx that these women put in the, the lines. And it was like I was watching the movie through my, you know, imagining what these women look like, you know. It was very interesting to, and you know, the other audio books I've, I've listened to have all been a single person, you know, doing the different mm-hmm. voices. In this case, since it was three different women, I really didn't get confused like that. So that's a really good question about reading the book is uh, chronologically I would have been very confused reading it in a book form. Oh, did we tell everybody to raise their hands? I forgot to ask. You know, um, if you are listening live right now, there's a ton of you in the queue. If you've read the book or if you haven't and you want to make a comment, be sure to raise your hand and we'll bring you into the show.
2: Yeah, don't be shy. We're not gonna like grill you or ask you hard trivia <laughs> questions or anything.
0: <laughs> They're pretty <laughs> easy. Well, I mean, okay. I won't
2: anyway. I don't know about Elise. <laughs> 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 kidding, kidding. Thank you, sir. <laughs> This is what
3: this is my favorite part of teaching is having book talks with my kids. So <laughs> it is. Aww. I love it. It's my favorite thing.
1: Group hug. So. Oh, someone has raised their hand. Let's see who this is. Oh, good. Hang on one second. Sorry. <laughs> I say that and then boom, there's a hand raised. Uh, yeah. is, is it, oh, it's Terry. Hey, Terry. Welcome to STR. Hi.
4: Hello. How are how's it Hi, Terry. Hi. It's Grandma Terry. <laughs>
3: it's Grandma Terry. <laughs> how's my l- How's I little can... Beckett? <laughs> he is
5: doing so good. Today was actually his due date. Um, oh, Okay. Oh, he, yeah, he was born seven weeks early, um, so today would have been the day, his due, actual due date, so he's doing well, he's seven pounds, six ounces, um, up from about four pounds, two ounces, so, oh, yeah, that's great. He's, he's doing really well, and of course, I love the Beckett name,
2: couldn't be any better. Oh, yeah, so. sure. hmm <laughs> I was thinking that it was,
5: too. It, I, it, the sad thing is, is it had nothing to do with me. They they did not name it because I like bucket. Not so. your influence. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, but I get blamed for it. Let me. Everybody says it was because of me, but it really wasn't. <laughs> Just that mm-hmm, a happy coincidence. Sure. yeah he's he's doing great he's doing great
3: that's great i'm really glad to hear that
5: Um, and so
3: between between all your visiting with beckett and getting your snuggles snuggles in with him i'm glad you had time to read the girl on the train and so what it what was your take on the um the style of switching from character to character and jumping back and forth in time um how did you feel about that
5: well it's not a favorite of mine. I, I mean, I don't think my mind works like it used to because I was having a hard, I had to definitely write down a lot of, you know, stuff as I was going. I, I had a notepad and I was writing down names and, you know, what was going on. And they, you know, it switched so often that I was like, okay, I got to get my mind set. Now, who is this? And then I, you know, I, I, I had to be up on, on you know, all the characters and stuff. And I guess that's not a favorite of mine per se. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it, it was a little hard to follow, I have to say. I I did give the book to a friend af- after I was done, and she said the same thing. She's like, "Wow, it's kind of hard to follow." So that would be my only complaint about it. I'm not I'm not a big reader by nature, so um, you know I, I
3: maybe it's just me, but I it, it, it was kind of a little bit hard to follow. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's not definitely not the easiest style, and I've read. I've right. read I'm a big reader um i i've I read probably about seven books this summer and oh wow yeah i I read a lot of different books that I had been wanting to read, and it just so happened that a couple of them actually um that not i didn't realize it until I started reading them, but they had that same style of uh switching back and forth between different mm-hmm. characters, but this was the only one that I had read where they had jumped. Chronologically, and so that yes. definitely added um, a challenge to it. But you know, again, I always I always stress to um, to the students in my my classes when it comes to reading. You know, I like to think about why authors make the choices that they do. Um, mm-hmm. Why do they choose this style as opposed to just sticking with your main character and digging in deep and just forging ahead like that? Um, and so, like I was saying to Mia a few minutes ago, um, I I found that just even though it was very it was challenging and and a little bit confusing at times, um, the the switching and the the time jumping, I did feel like it added to the overall tone of the book, especially when you're thinking about Rachel and how she really is having a lot of problems throughout the book, sorting out what's real, what's not. When things happened, she's missing time. You know, um, she's not. You know, at the, as her as the story progresses, I feel like her her grasp on reality and being able to again feel secure in when things happened and if they happened and did they not happen and maybe I did this, maybe I did that. Um, right. I feel like the jumping around actually added to just the the feeling of kind of getting into the character's headspace. So, um I do wonder um was it a choice that it was like, hey, this is a this is a way to get my audience really um feeling feeling connected to the character and her confusion. You know, so not the easiest book to read for sure, but I do wonder about right. choices like that.
5: Yeah, I'm kind you know? of anxious to see the movie when it comes out in October. Um yeah to see how, yeah. you know, how it how it plays out. Um there's always differences in the movies and the books, but sometimes I like the books better and sometimes I like the movies better. So, um you now being just to see you know how I like this one in in what in what uh, capacity. So, I mean, I, yeah, it it was hard to follow, I have to say. Um I, I I guess for me I was reading it kind of over a long period of time, which is kind of harder because then you're not yeah. really right up on everything. So, it, it mm. probably hit me a little worse in that regard because um, yeah. I didn't read it all in one sitting or anything, so mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was over a course of a couple weeks. So
3: yeah, and it's hard to keep track of like that's a book like this. It's almost best to say, you know, I have like. A really like a nice like three day stretch. Not much to do. I'm gonna you know kind of get through this book because it is hard to keep track of things. And I found it was a, it reminded me a lot. If you guys, um, if anyone out there read has read Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn,
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: as I was reading The Girl mm-hmm. on the Train, I felt a lot of connections to that book and just the style of it and the switching back and forth between the uh, the two main characters in Gone Girl and then between the three characters in The Girl on the Train, I did feel like it had, had a similar effect. And so that's what I want to talk about now is um, what were, what would you feel, beyond the confusion of being able to keep track of, of who said what and where and when, and beyond that, put that aside, uh, what did you feel was maybe the benefit of having the story told from the three different perspectives. What did it add to the story for you? I guess I want to say. So, um, so Cheryl, what did you think about that? What, what, what did it bring to the story for you?
1: I thought it was excellent. Um, of course, I, I, like I just mentioned a moment ago, I felt like I was watching a movie in my head because mm-hmm. I can visualize, you know, because your own imagination is way better than anything anybody can do anyway on any level. But um it really enhanced it for me because I felt like I was listening to both sides of a conversation. It'd be like you and I talking right now, I'm right. talking as me and then I'm jumping in your skin and I'm talking as you and your thoughts, what you bring to the table, your feelings about that other person, likewise the flip of it. So I thought it was really unique. It's, you know, when you're watching a movie, you're, you're trying to grasp their feelings and thoughts by their expressions, the choice of words, the influx that they use, all kinds of things and i just really uh loved that feature of yeah. the book and I, I hope it goes really well um on the movie screen too
3: although it's isn't it in new york city on the movie screen yeah
1: and it it changed England.
3: it the location to be in new york so that'll be interesting um to see how that switch with me oh was made. really yeah. And does she does she America. have an
1: American does she have an American accent or does she have a British accent? You know, I don't I don't I don't, I
3: don't I don't I don't remember. I know that I I saw the trailer for it, but um I don't remember if she was if she had a British accent or not. So um I have to so watch that. That
1: dynamic should change it quite a bit, I think, you know, from the different um yeah
3: environment so. you know. I it definitely will impact how the story is told for sure. Um
1: so, mm-hmm. I'm interested
3: to see how, how that goes. You know, it's, not, it, it, it's definitely a challenge, whoever adapted the story for the screen, because telling the story from different perspectives like that, um, it isn't, it, I don't think it's the easiest thing to translate
2: um, no, onto not the at screen. All. So,
3: I wonder how that went. Now, Mia, what do you think about that? How do you? Th- what was the benefit for you, uh, um, adding on to what Cheryl said, or even just agreeing
2: with it, of having those different perspectives? Well, I think it adds a lot to the suspense of the story and I mean the mystery um because you're you're kind of along for the ride and um and you're trying to sort out all the details um based on, you know, the different um <laughs> just <laughs> um based on the the different uh, perspectives that you're reading. Mm-hmm. And um, I was kind of thinking of it as, like, at least for Rachel, she spends a lot of the time, um, like, inebriated. Yeah. And <laughs> so I kind of felt a little bit like maybe I what, you know, it, the effect of it is kind of like, oh, so I'm, like, similarly confused and trying to piece together mm-hmm. these details, just like mm-hmm. Rachel is because she's um, drunk so much of the time. Um Yeah. So, I don't know, I I wonder if that was a thought that went through um, Paula Hawkins' mind when she decided to do it that way, um, where it was like, See, I yeah. I would have
1: thought, Mia, you would have said something like, you know, I, I mean, I heard the term about this book before we even read it, a psychological thriller, you know, getting uh-huh. inside each one of their heads. You know, that's what I would have thought you would have gone down, you know, your um, schooling. I, I, You know, it, that's kind of interesting, your take on that now that we're discussing it
2: about it having to do with her Uh, well i think i i guess i was surprised at how well okay so that's the main question that i have sorry this is kind of a tangent but that's the main question i have about the movie is are they going to um downplay like the alcoholism or will it be just as much of a um just as much of a factor because i i i I hope it was very prominent in the book
3: yeah, yeah, I really hope they don't tamp that down because it really is just such a part of uh, the downward spiral that yeah. Rachel has taken from having such, like, an idyllic life to now being basically scraping the bottom of the barrel. So, yep. um, absolutely. you know, I really hope well, that they wouldn't...
1: How, how they didn't believe show.
3: her. They didn't believe yeah.
1: her based upon that,
3: yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody yes. believed her. I mean, her. yeah, <laughs> it really, yeah, it absolutely, like, completely made her basically just uh, totally unreliable in terms of being a a witness to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, you know, that's something that I, I enjoyed about that different, the switching back and forth was that I feel... Our first inclination as readers, I think we've just been very conditioned to want to be on the side of the main character, yeah, you know, because, yeah, we you know typically the main character is the protagonist, and mm-hmm. you, you have very few stories that are told from the perspective of the antagonist and um, so you're conditioned as a reader to be like to 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 believe her to um, to understand that you well the truth will come out eventually, but what I liked about. Having the perspectives of of Anna, particularly Anna, um, is that some of the things that Anna would would come out and say, you would think, hmm, well maybe Rachel isn't like as the person that she believes herself to be. I mean, she has all <laughs> these pockets of missing time, so. You know, yeah. you know, it it just definitely plants the seed of doubt in you as a reader, where you want to believe that, despite the fact that she is, uh, she's depressed and and she's a, you know a, a drunk, um, mm-hmm. you don't want to believe that she would be capable of doing something horrible. Uh, but then at the same time, you see that other people are suspecting her, so <laughs> you start to you know when you get into other people's perspectives, it, it really does um, you you see the story from. Uh, from a different point of view, which mm-hmm. isn't—it's not—it's not easy to do that unless the author kind of gives it to you, because you don't always stop and think, what is a secondary character seeing from his or her point of view? It's not really in our kind of natural inclinations as readers, uh, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So is, is Terry still here? Does Terry still want to say yep. something? Or oh, so Terry, what about you? What did you feel about the? Um, the how did you feel it added to the story uh, aside from the ways that it complicated it?
2: <laughs> well,
3: it I guess
5: for for me, even though it was, you know, a little bit difficult to follow, uh, it, it probably kept the edge better for me just because I had to be kind of up on in my mind of who was talking and what what had just transpired, if it was, a, you know, not a dream, but, uh, you know, in her mind or if it was reality. And I was trying to figure out the the truthness of all the characters and trying to figure out how this was all going to pan out. So in a sense, it probably made it a little more edgy for me to have the jumping around like that, even though I thought it was a little hard to follow. Um, it, I, I I didn't mind it in the sense that it kept me more engaged.
3: Yeah, I I you know, and I think that's also a good point because sometimes um, switching it up from person to person it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, you know, just having those different perspectives of the same story Um, it really gives you a fuller picture of what might be happening so um, I do think that for a story like like this where you're um, you're supposed to be confused and you're supposed to feel frustrated and um, try to get into the the headspace of the characters the only way to really do that effectively is the way that I think the author chose to do it which is really switching on and off from character to character so um yeah so i think um i think that it was a a really a really wise decision i don't know i wonder if she considered doing it from another another way you know i'm always interested in 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 authors choices and why they do the things that they do so, um all right, so let's move on and talk about another um, another aspect of the book the characters themselves um how did you feel about these characters Anna Megan especially Rachel? did you feel like you were able because they do jump um, from person to person um it's not the typical book where you spend, you know, twenty odd chapters really getting to know a particular character. Um, mm-hmm. You have like a third of the book for each character, really, and so you might not feel like you got to know them as well as you would had the b- book been told solely from Rachel's perspective. Um, and so that's that's something that I'm wondering about for for you guys do you feel like you were able to get to know these characters on a deeper level or connect with them? uh, Or did you feel like you, you know, maybe not so much because of the jumping around? Um, So what do you think, Mia? Mm.
2: Well, okay. So I only, I read through the book um, once in two, like two sittings. And then tonight, tonight before our show, I like, um was kind of scrambling to go back through and make and familiarize myself. But um that being said, I think I felt um I felt um the most um familiar sort of with um Rachel and I found that I didn't pay as much attention to the other mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. the other characters. Yeah, because uh, I was like, okay, when's Rachel's? When is Rachel's like Fred gonna come back? <laughs> right. No, um, I, I I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that was kind of it was kind of like she was the main, and then the others. Um, yeah, but of course the other characters were also very important, but that was just my um, that was just who I was drawn to. It sounds like maybe I wasn't the only one, but
3: <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, of course, that's also part of the author's design is that yeah. Rachel
2: is the main character, and so you're, yeah. you,
3: as a reader, hopefully do feel like you get to know her the most, and either you know, hopefully empathize with her the most, which I feel like, you know, she she is a, she is a sympathetic character. You feel I feel anyway. I felt very sorry for her, especially the Me more too. you got to understand about how she got to be the way she was you know it wasn't just that she was a partier and she just was like you know alcohol was like her life she she had you know some really horrible things happen to her and you know the obviously the more into the book and the more the mystery unravels and finding out you know how you know this what turned out to be a a pretty abusive relationship with her husband ex-husband rather um has really messed her up She was very sympathetic, and I did feel like the author did a good job of presenting enough to the audience that you did feel like you got to know her. And it was funny how, you know, yeah, with Anna and Megan, I definitely did not put as much stock into their characters and feeling like I needed to get to know them as much as I really tried for Rachel. So um, I definitely agree with you there. What What did you think about that, Cheryl? Well, you know, I had a slightly
1: different take on it. I actually got to know the other characters more than just Rachel only because of their voices, the other two main Mm -hmm. female characters. Because women have, you know, multiple languages, not just, you know, talking or gesturing. You know, we have just so many (laughs) subtexts. It's unreal. Anyway... I thought it was quite interesting to to understand Anna and how it's like. Why do we have to deal with this woman? Why won't she just go away? You know, you know every and so you. I kind of started getting a little bit, even though she's not a nice person, um, empathy with certain situations uh-huh. where she would just show up. But then, to me, this was a, a story about an alcoholic, a co- extremely codependent woman on her um husband her ex husband um and then you know the the undercurrent the undercurrent of wanting to do the right thing about what she saw, you know it's like i gotta make this right you know if there's nothing else I do in this world, I'm gonna try to solve this, you know or help this person mm-hmm. you know, and that you you are championing her, and Rachel is the main character, and yes, I totally agree with you, she's the focus, but you kind of are putting a piece of it's almost like a a reverse Agatha Christie novel is what it felt like listening to it. You know, it's like, okay, I have all the pieces. Now I got to figure out where they go. So anyway,
4: hope that made (laughs) sense.
3: No, it totally did. And I, and that, you know, as much as, again, like Rachel's the the main character, I did find myself feeling sorry for both Anna and Megan, not because of what happens to them in the story in terms of like Megan, you know, being murdered and, and Anna being obviously manipulated by this wackadoo of a a guy, Tom, but, um, just, you know, sad for, to find out Megan's past and how she comes off as like this aloof, like self-centered brat,
2: but to realize like
3: she had this horrible tragedy happen to her. Mm -hmm. And as a mother myself, now I found my, I found myself like my heart kind of breaking for her and what happened to Mm her. And, um, you know, and with Anna, of course, and again, it, there was a, the big a big theme between all three women was was motherhood in some way, and Rachel's inability to become a mother, Anna mm-hmm. um, Anna's protecting her child, and then Megan's never having the desire to having been a mother, but then having that taken from her, which really spiraled her into the situation that she eventually found herself in. So, um, you know, and I did Great find myself. Great was Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I did find myself as, you know, a, a, a fairly new mom myself, identifying with those women on that level of, you know, um, one, what that would be like to, you know, to lose a child or to never to be able to have one or what I would do to protect my son. You know, so you do definitely um, connect. I, I feel like this is a, a book. I wouldn't say it's like I don't like – like labeling books as like, you know, chick lit or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like women um, m- probably most likely connect to this book on it maybe a more emotional level than a guy who's just reading it for a good mystery because of that you know that bond between a mother and a child and the desire to, either the desire to be a mother or the desire to not have children you know so and how does motherhood define you as a woman and um there's a lot of social questions in there too so i found that that was a really interesting piece to explore from each perspective and get their take on what it meant to be a mother to them and how being a mother or not being a mother uh, changed them ultimately and led them to the where they were in the story. So, uh, that was my take on that. What about you, Terry?
5: Um, I, I identified with Rachel just because I just thought she was such a it was such a sad existence for her to be living in a dream world and and, and not really knowing you know what was true and what wasn't and how she was living. But it, this is really strange. But I you know what character that I kept visualizing the whole time I was reading it was the roommate Kathy. I I just, I just found her to be, I mean, even though she was just a very, you know, kind of a minor part in that, I just kept thinking uh, about, you know, being a friend to somebody like Rachel. I mean, it was not easy to be a friend to her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she was almost a saint, uh, putting up with everything she put up. And, you know, she'd get mad at her, but she'd always forgive her. And Mm -hmm. she always was kind of there for her under any circumstance. And... I just, for some reason, I kept visualizing her, and I, I, I don't know why. I, I kept thinking maybe because that's probably how I would be. <laughs> I, I I, am a softie, so anybody that was having all sorts of trouble would probably be the one that I would be a sap for, you know, just because I, I kind of <laughs> identify that with line, that Carrie. kind of i that Okay, do that. <laughs> I identify with, with that kind of a person, but um, she, it just kind of resonated with me that, you know, Thank God she had that great of a friend Because she'd be not only out on her ear You know living somewhere And I mean it just She just kind of made that character um, A little bit different for me Because she Had that support of her friend And I don't know It was just
3: kind of weird how I kind of liked that character No Not weird at all because I think that That was an interesting character too Because she didn't have any Obligation uh, to Rachel, you know, mm-hmm. she wasn't a family member. Um, you know, she wasn't even a best friend. She was a friend from, you know, childhood really, from uh, not ch- college, I guess it was. But she, and so they, and they hadn't even really been really close. And it was kind of like a an emergency situation. She needed a place to stay. Ms. Kathy extended her home to her, and. Time after time of Rachel screwing up and, you know, coming in and vomiting all over Kathy's floors and making Mm -hmm. a mess and intruding on her life with her boyfriend. Um, And times where you knew that Kathy was, like, right there on the edge and even saying to her, like, you've got to leave, but then coming back and saying, you don't have to leave, I'm sorry. And so she is an interesting character because I kind of almost wish that there had been a little bit of from her perspective too, um, but I guess it doesn't really have a place in the story, but she is someone who, um, she's important, like you said, she's really important. She is, she's a lifesaver in many ways for Rachel. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like the unsung hero of the book, you know, where... Yep. You know, she really is the only one the entire time really rooting uh for for Rachel and, you know, um trying to be there for her to get herself cleaned up and, you know, um to to turn her life around. So, uh, she, she plays I I'm, I'm glad you brought her up. She plays a great
1: role. Cheryl? She, like plays a great role of the empathizer in the story. You need one in every yeah. story. She, yeah. She I whenever she came on the scene and um actually not on the scene but she was trying to help her roommate so badly even though she kept falling and failing and all these things but she was there for you know you're like oh i hope i'm a good friend like that to somebody you know she's the empathizer the friend you really want so i think she added to the story i agree with you guys
3: definitely and and i i'm glad you brought her up terry because it's it's easy to forget a character like that because she wasn't you know, she wasn't the one who disappeared. She wasn't the suspect. Yeah. You know, she wasn't the beleaguered wife of the guy who turned out to be, you know, a crazed murderer. Um, it was, she's she's the friend, the roommate, but really when you think about it, she's the one that she holds Rachel up a lot, and she's the one that keeps Rachel from being, like you said, like, you know, out on the street, really. So mm-hmm. she's definitely an important character to consider and to remember. Um, so last question. Um, I I think a good place to wrap up our discussion about it is the the end of the story, you know, the big reveal of who actually is responsible uh, for Megan's disappearance and ultimately her murder. And we find out that the whole time it was, uh, rachel's ex-husband tom uh who is responsible uh for the murder because he was he had been having an affair uh with, with megan and you know he needed to get rid of her um so uh, so did you guys did you guys see that coming were you shocked by the reveal did you figure it out beforehand uh were you satisfied with it uh what did you think about that so uh let's start with you cheryl
1: I could not stand him the entire story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I was—I mean—in my imagination of him as the character Tom, I just was like, I, he didn't really even have a face to me anymore. He was just this dark, mean, evil person. You know, he's mean to his wife. He's mean to his ex-wife, but for some odd reason, he would manipulate her. He totally manipulated Rachel, and it made me so mad every time he did. You know? Yeah. Um, and then. So when it was the reveal, yes, it was a bit of a shock. I was like, but then I was like, good, (laughs) you know, I I don't know. I remember sitting around the train because I I hadn't gotten to my destination yet. And I'm like, I sat there just looking out the window going, you know, I didn't like him the whole time. So it's just kind of a telling about me, I guess. I'm glad it was him. You know what I mean? So that's it was shocking to me, though.
3: Yeah, I'm just a really well written snake of a character. And how, you yeah. know, a definite snake in the grass where you, you know, she idolized him so much and she would do anything for him to get back into his good graces. And how he, you know, when she's remembering how awful she was to him, how she ruined her marriage and she would never forgive herself for what she put him through. And then you come to see that. So much of what she had been through was because of him and what he yep. did to her and how he manipulated her into becoming this pathetic alcoholic that he could control and say, look what you mm-hmm. did, look what you did, and it was really him doing these things to her. And, um, you know, oh. yeah, so when you come out of the story, you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. God, well, what, but I kept thinking,
1: what I kept thinking sitting there, I remember this distinctly, was if he had killed her, there would have been no story. Right. You know. Yeah. And you know that that was interesting. That's why I was saying it's like a reverse Agatha Christie, you know, he let her live and then she lives to tell the story. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um
3: what did what did you think, Mia? Were you, did you see it coming? Were you shocked? <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs>
2: but I never see anything coming. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I didn't like him, you know, for all of the reasons that you just listed. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always just, I'm like, oh well, I better, I better keep reading so I can find out what happens. And I never, my mind just never goes there. Yeah. Like actually trying to figure out, um, you know, who. Did you think of him in the beginning?
1: Did you think of him at the very beginning of the story? No. At all.
2: No. Okay. No. At the very
3: beginning. I, I actually. I did... Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. And I actually I think the author did such a great job of, <laughs> of for me anyway of really you're not really sure who is responsible for what because I feel like I actually suspected almost I I suspected Rachel, <laughs> I suspected Anna, yeah. I suspected me too. um yeah, I suspected uh what's his to uh, I'm, 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 I'm blanking the on the name. The lover. Um the, yeah, Megan's a uh, Megan's the husband. Guy. Yeah, the psychiatrist. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um I I I suspected um, Scott, uh, Megan's husband. I suspected yeah. everyone at one point and I never once was like, "Oh, Tom, never <laughs> did I think that." And I mean, I'm also not really good at predicting like, "Oh, I think it's going to be this person." I just finished another book a couple of days ago, um called In a In a Dark In a Dark Dark Wood. Um and I totally it was very similar where there's lots of suspects and you're you're getting thrown this and that and that and mm-hmm. I totally did not think it was the character that it turned out to be. And I was like, "What?" But so I was I was shocked. What about you, Terry? Um
5: I, I guess I wasn't completely shocked, not like you guys, but um I didn't like him the whole time either. He was he just was just reminded me of a sleazebag bag for some reason the whole time he was he always seemed to have a little soft spot for Rachel, but yet you, you just wondered if it, what what the ulterior motive was. I didn't care for him, but it did it didn't really overly surprise me um, that it was him because I just I don't know. I I didn't I didn't think it was, but then it, when he was, I thought, well, that's yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so it was it wasn't quite as surprising to me as it was to you guys, but. Um, I think they did a good job of holding it till the end of you really having to think about it. And it, it, like you said, um, Elena could have been like basically any of them. And even yeah. the, the, the psychiatrist, you know, he was kind of, there was kind of a gray area with him because um, I mean, he just was kind of a bag himself, you know, kind of creepy. And um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was a little bit of a surprise, but not like a total shock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um hey before we um hang up um when everybody's done I just wanted a little sidebar to recommend a movie and a book that um okay. I just saw over the weekend so when we get to the end I, if, if I could just tell you about it. Um that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah, sure. Um just like yeah, I just we'll, we'll definitely touch upon that just before we we go Terry. Um okay. but yeah, I mean I think what um what I really enjoyed about the book um, is that the reveal of Tom, you know, those last few chapters or that very fast paced reveal of what's been going on and the reality of things setting in. As a reader, I really, I think I really re- felt the like abject horror uh, that that Rachel was feeling as she realized how much of her relationship with Tom had been a lie and things that she believed were true were not. Um, and just that feeling of, of, again, of having everything you know to be true just completely ripped apart and revealed to be a total lie. And, and not only that this marriage, it's, you know, some people, you know, it's sad when people have a marriage and then if they get divorced and they come out the other side and then they find out all these horrible things about their spouse Um, that they didn't realize while they were married. Um, But then at least hopefully in real life, people are able to kind of, well, put that in the past and move on. But for Rachel, you know, her present has been so totally determined by her past with with Tom. And so that's the even bigger tragedy for her is that she didn't just get out of a bad marriage and move on. Like he totally wrecked her and almost like as a game to him. And so um, just such a – I think that that character is, like, so putrid. And um, and I was just looking up the cast, actually, of the movie, and it's a pretty interesting cast besides Emily Blunt being there. They have uh, Justin Theroux, who yeah. is – Mr. Jennifer Aniston, but he's, you know, right? he's. A, I've seen him in a few things, and um, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, all right, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see how, how he plays out um, as I've this very like, funny things. <laughs>
2: so it yeah. could well, be very interesting. But what I
1: liked about the book overall, though, was the fact that I'm a people watcher. I used to work retail mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and I would sit, I worked at a jewelry store. Of course, it's only busy twice a year, Christmas and, you know, wedding time, but <laughs> I'd sit and watch people in these malls for hours, you know, getting paid. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. I can I could totally relate in the beginning of the book when she was saying, and there's Jess, and, you know, and there's their life, you know, as you go by and, you know, you have these things in your head of how other people really are and they're really not. So I think that's a big takeaway of the voyeur kind of viewpoint. So somebody's outside. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, um, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the subway going back and forth to work. Oh, like I was on the subway this morning and I was thinking about the book and you know every I when I when I get on the train to go to work, um I usually get on the same train. I get on like the 7:02 a.m. uh train. And so typically you see a lot of the same people cuz I sit in the same car in the same location and you do see the same people over and over again. And I started thinking about like, you know, um yeah you can eat very easily for these people that you see every day but don't know create like who you think that they are and i it's just i think it's very um a very human thing this kind of Sense of almost voyeurism, not in like a creepy way, but like a people yeah. watching. It's a curiosity. That's why people yeah. like show reality yeah. TV. That's why we. That's why like I love like HG HGTV and seeing inside other people's houses and how people live. And you know, it's a very human thing to observe each other <laughs> and to um, want to get to know people's lives. And if you can't, then it's almost it's almost like a very biological thing to invent what you might think that their hey. life is.
1: Hey, yeah. uh Elena Mia. Uh, Maria, excuse me, she tweeted, for some reason I suspected Tom about a quarter way through, and then like Elena, I suspected all of them at some point. So she was still surprised, though. But she was the same yeah. as you. I didn't suspect them all. I mean, I really knew that, at first I thought for a long time, it was Anna the whole time, for a very long time. I had a really strong uh, vibe from her, even though I was in her head about her husband's ex-wife, you know. Um, but as the story went on, I actually had empathy for her as well, because you know here she's trying to have her life, and then every time she turns around there's there she is you know can't you just go away you know uh, about your ex wife you know it just that would drive me crazy but but then look what she did you know these are really um kind of uh, very strong overlapping uh individuals in this each character in this story had some very strong uh, Um, personality traits of some kind, whether it was um, stealing somebody else's loved one or Mm -hmm. um, manipulating them or um, any of those things you could, that's why I think this is going to be a really good movie too, because if it's anything like listening to the book, oh my gosh, I really liked it a lot
3: Well, you know again, it appeals to a lot of be- different people for different reasons. I think again, for women, um you can relate to the idea of what you know how motherhood can really define what it is to be a woman for for many people and um, whether it means that if you don't want if you don't want to be a mother, how people react to it, well, why not and they just assume that you would want to and Um, it's not not for everybody or people that want to but can't and what is that struggle like or or are or have been and you know lose children and so again that Mm -hmm. appeals to a lot of different people but also this idea Cheryl like you said of having someone steal your loved one and your life away from you and I think that for a lot of people sure that's especially when you're in a marriage you know even if it's the most solid of marriages there's there might be like this, this fear that you have of what if, you know, something happened and someone came and took this all away from me and, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what would happen to me mentally, emotionally, if everything I know and love was just ripped away from me and not just, not just ripped away like a horrible tragedy where your, your significant other passes away, but, um, is you know creates a life with somebody else and moves on and leaves you in the dust and w- what that must be like and how would you deal with it would you would you spiral like Rachel does into alcoholism would you would you pick you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps and move on uh, what what would happen to you and um, yeah I think that again that's this book speaks to a different facets of like the of the human psyche and our d- our deepest fears about loss and life and and just identity as of who you are so Mm -hmm. um overall i i did i did enjoy the book and i um i've recommended it to a few people already to check it out and see what they think um and so terry what did you want to recommend to everybody
5: well there's a a movie and a book on the best seller list right now called the light between oceans oh yeah and Mm -hmm. i i saw the movie yesterday and it's really a compelling movie. It's um like if I was going to tell you about it, it would take me like an hour. It's really um kind of an intense story. That's Rachel Weiss. Um I love Rachel mm-hmm. Weiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's 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 got a really kind of a really small part in it, but um the girl who plays the main character, um yeah, her Alicia, name Alicia is Alicia Vicander. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she she is and great in it. yeah. Oh, she's so her. cute. That Alicia is just a doll, and she is so good <laughs> yeah, in it. Um, she's I lost would her recommend winner. it. Yeah, yep. I would definitely rec- recommend the movie. Um, it's out right now, and I did notice in the paper on Sunday that the 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 book was a sell on a bestseller, like number three or something like that. So cool. Um, huh? It's very. It's it's very. Um, uh, it's, it's a hard tugger, let me tell you. It's a love story, but it's also tugged at your heart in a lot of different ways. Um, so I would highly recommend it. Um, it was excellent. Uh, I, interesting story. Afterwards, when we were leaving, there was a lady who was kind of behind us, and she said to us that she had just finished the book,
2: and the mm-hmm. book was,
5: was totally different than the movie. The ending, really? The ending was, oh. was totally different. Yeah, see, I wonder uh, so, if
2: Girl on the Train is going to be different. You know, yeah, well, I mean, obviously the, the setting will be different, but I'm just curious because right. a lot of times they are very different once right. they're adapted for the screen. <gasps> but...
1: I want to see Tom die. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you bad man, you! I'm kidding. Yeah, please don't write me but, letters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank but you, thanks, you Such a Yeah,
1: great
0: oh, you're sure. Awesome. And Pleasure chatting. chatting.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people in the queue tonight. They just didn't raise their hands. I think they That's just wanted right. to hear what we thought. So if you haven't read the book, go read it. Um, and if you don't have the book and you want to just listen to the audio, go go listen to it. I really enjoyed it. It's like yep. ten hours though. It's like ten hours on the audio. So if you don't have that kind of time,
2: if you're not
1: riding on a train, you are not riding on a train. And so we will. Uh, gosh, we won't be back until because since we're going to meet up with everybody. Um, in New York City on the 26th. I guess we won't be back af- till after that because um, the 17th is the uh, lifetime. That's our show. Our uh, viewing party. Viewing party. Yeah, on Saturday yep. the 17th, 7 Central. And then on the 26th, those in the area, yeah, come by. If you don't even go into the play, but because you couldn't get tickets, or you just you live in that region, come by and say hi. At least from one to three, go to dinner with us. We'd love to talk to you, um, and meet you, and give you a tiny little gift um, <laughs> on the 26th, and then the next month is all about the rendezvous. So there's a lot of, I mean, this, you know, people are like, "Oh, fun is not on castle anymore." You know, what are we going to do? Well, look, we're having fun already.
2: <laughs> look what she's doing. She's already,
1: you know, working on something new we don't know about yet. I know.
2: So. can't believe it's kind of fall the- already. I mean, we are looking forward to fall 20. 20- 16 for a long time, and now here it is. Uh
1: huh.
2: It is kind of odd.
1: So it is great, and I love that um, uh, Boston tweeted at Sana. Well, we're going to see you, badass, (laughs) on uh, Monday night in New York City. I know. Uh, How how perfect (laughs) is that? (laughs) um, Anything else? Anybody want to add? Nope. Just.
2: That's it. I don't think so. Thanks for good talking chat. through another book club, Elena. Yeah, sure. It's yeah, great. great. Enjoyed it. Great. great. And good questions. luck with your new
1: round of fifth graders.
3: Thank you. I'm very uh, interested. Can't wait to meet your little boy, too. I know. He's he's gearing himself up for, for meeting everyone.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you then. Terry, thanks for being strong enough to raise that hand. Everybody out here is no still power. listening.
2: Yep, and thanks, Stephanie, for letting us know about Sister Cities, which we can't wait to watch. Yes, yes. Okay, buddy, Stephanie. All right, well, everybody have a great night,
1: and we will um, talk to you during the viewing party and look for some graphics soon. Um, but definitely tweet, and let's, let's make it a big bash. You, if you're either going to our viewing party or another one, it doesn't matter. We're all just watching the movie. It's great. We'll see yep. you then.
2: Thank you for listening to Stana Talk Radio. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to our show and iTunes podcast so you'll never miss an episode. You can also access our show archives and additional information about STR at www.stanatalkradio.com.